Hi, my name is David Siegler and welcome to my podcast. Hi there, all property sourcing profit dudes and dudettes out there in property sourcing profit land. Whether you're property sourcing, property profiteering or whatever you're doing, this is the podcast where you need to be. So welcome, welcome one and all. And don't forget, I've got a really, really special gift for you today, the 10x property super conference in london on the 7th 8th of june you will have seen stuff about it you will you might be concerned that you're too late my guest just said to me before we came on air oh have i missed it am i too late to get tickets for the 10x property um super conference with the wonderful mark homer and the wonderful grant cardone and i said no 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 You've got direct access onto the VIP uh, list when the tickets are released. You will know about it first. And for fans of my Property Sourcing Profit podcast, this is the link you want. Write it down, write it down. Not if you're driving. If you're driving, you have to listen again and write it down later. Bit.bit.ly forward slash 10xpsp. That's for property sourcing profits, right? So bit.ly forward slash 10xpsp. Right, that's all done. I'm so excited. Got so such a wonderful guest for you today. We're going to talk about property and we're going to talk about finance. We're going to talk money. This is the Money Shot team. You've got to be in it to win it. So I'm going to introduce one of my very, very favorite people in property and finance, the wonderful Rob Holmes. Come on, team. Let's put it together for the wonderful Rob Holmes. Let's give him a big PSP welcome. Yay! Hello, hello. Thank you for the introduction, Rob, David. Welcome. welcome. <laughs> I've got to say that was like the most energetic uh, introduction to a podcast I think I've ever heard. Well, that's how we, that's how we live here. The drugs kick in, Rob, and we're <laughs> on our way. I um, did wonder what that intravenous thing that hanging out your arm was. <laughs> yes. Nurse will come in later and top me up. Anyway. Um, Rob, I know who you are. There will be people listening who know who, who know who you are, but a lot of our property sourcing profiteers may not know who you are. So tell them who you are and tell them why I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Okay, so my name's Rob Holmes. I'm a, a little bit of a ninja. I keep myself to myself. It's hard, it's hard to find me. I'm, I'm not out there like most people are. Um, so we met not too long ago, probably about a year ago now, 18 months, something like that. And Absolutely. Been hanging out and talking property ever since. So you kindly asked me to, to come here and have a chat with you about uh, my property, what I'm doing, uh, what I'm doing finance wise and how I'm using that to, to get my property and, and get my property deals and you know do things like money in, money out deals um, and, and get really good rates on things like bridging and, and some of the kind of creative stuff that you can do with that to fund your deals. Cool. So you, you're a property investor. You've got a property background and also you've got a background in finance as well. How much, what, good yeah. Share, so share so I actually spent uh, a good number of years as a police officer. That's kind of where I started. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sorry about that, everyone. Um, and I was doing property as a hobby and it turned into a, a passion for me. So I really, really loved it as the years went on and, and I wanted to use it as a way to, to leave the job in the police. Um, and so what I did is I, I actually did like a, a what's called CMAP level one, two and three, which is, is the training course and exams that brokers will do to do residential mortgages and buy to let mortgages and all that sort of stuff. And I did that 
to kind of better enhance my own understanding of finance and to learn more about what I could do with finance and how I could use it to kind of basically propel my property deals forward faster. So uh, you want to get into property, but you were, what shall I say, restricted in your own funds. Mm. So you had to use other forms of finance to fund yeah. your deal. Well, yeah. so that, that's really cool because we've got so many people listening to this who will be in that situation, Rob. So um, go on, start talking about your journey and what you've done and how successful you've been on this. Because I've been, I've been seeing a few of your projects are really really cool with uh, none or very little of your money in them which is yeah. a super cool thing. yeah so so I started off kind of what I would call is the hobbyist way or the amateur way of investing which is you save a little bit of a deposit up um, you buy a, a small property you might move into it and do it up for a few years as you live there and then try and refinance it and get some money back out and then then on to the next one and We've Obviously, all been there. We've all done yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Doing that once every few years is going to take you quite a while to get to get any type of portfolio together. So, um, I, like I said, I got into finance and, and looking at that and, and working with brokers and stuff and trying to find different and creative ways to, to fund those projects quicker um, and, and pull my money out as well. So, so one of them, as an example, I didn't show you this one today, but, but one of them was a, a little one-bed flat. Um, and it was, it was going to auction and there was a lot of heat on it. There was so many people that wanted to view it and, you know, loads of people downloaded, downloaded the auction pack and they had pre-offers and all that sort of stuff. And they said no to all the pre-auction offers because there were so many people that wanted it, okay. right? But the problem was the auction house was really about three hours away from where the property was located and despite all the interest no one turned up to the auction and bid on it wow now what i think happened is i think everyone saw that there was so much interest they went i can't be bothered to go all that way and there's going to be too much interest it's, it's just going to go for for what it's worth no, there's no deal here so so nobody bothered did you bother yes and no so what actually <laughs> happened was okay. I've got a really, I've worked really hard to, to build, and we've had this conversation before, like relationships is, is key in a lot of things. So it didn't sell, and that afternoon I got a telephone call from the estate agent uh, who said, Rob, got this property, it didn't sell at auction, do you want to see it? And he told me a little bit about it and where it was, and I knew, I knew that that property, looking online, at the photos and where it was. I knew all day long it was worth 120 grand in the state that it was in and it needed a refurb. And I knew that before I'd even looked at it because another important thing is to know your area, which I do, I really know my area. So I was like, yep, yeah, first viewing tomorrow morning, how early can you do? Well, I'll meet you there at 9 a.m. So I was there at 9 a.m. The next day, walked in and I just, I, I knew this was a, a brilliant property. I said, how much can is, is, am I gonna get this property for? Uh, and the figure was, 85,000. Now, considering I knew it was worth 120, that was for me a really good deal. I was like, I really want this property. How, why, why did they say 85? If you say that was the reserve. So, because oh, it was an auction right. property and it hadn't sold. So it was still under the reserve. It, yeah, so that they would have been willing to take that. The owners would have been willing to take that because it failed to sell. Right. So I was like, right, I viewed this property at 9 a.m. I now need to go and do finance, due diligence, 
all the checks, look at the auction, all of that sort of stuff I had to do. Um, and another important thing is obviously having a really good team around you, yeah. which I did. So what I did was, <laughs> sorry, David's, David's no, making it's me right. laugh. I, 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 okay. <laughs> so there's a little pause there, Tim, because something happened and uh, normally I would edit it out, uh, but um, <laughs> Rob laughed as a result of it. But I'm just going to leave it in. You know, you deserve to hear all this stuff as well. Yeah. David's pulling funny faces, that's what it was. Yeah. So, so basically, so another important thing, as I said, is to have a really good team around you that, that's got your back and, and you as an investor, just want to be able to spot the opportunity and then talk to the right people in your team to make it happen, Yeah. right? So what I did was I knew that within a few hours, people are going to start waking up, they've had their coffee, they've had their breakfast, they're going to start looking at what property has and hasn't sold. So I knew I didn't have long. And, and I'm aware of that because I've done a few auctions in my time and the unsold, unsold locked table is where all the good deals are done, yeah. right? And if you're yeah. a day later than that, yeah. then now you're under pressure. Yeah, right? exactly. So, so what I did is I got straight on the phone. Well, I had the agent send me um, the the up to date auction pack straight over. I was on the phone to my solicitor and I said, "Look, I need you to look at this for me." And and she said, "Look, Rob, it's a big pack. I'm going to have to charge you." And and I I still knew it was a good deal. And it was worth paying her a few hundred pounds to drop what she was doing and Absolutely. look through this pack for Absolutely. me. Absolutely within a couple of hours to say, Rob, actually, there's nothing wrong with this. It's a really good deal. Or actually, there is a hidden roof bill of 50 grand that hasn't been paid or something like that. That's, that's what I was looking for. I wasn't looking for um, small, outstanding amounts of money. I was looking for something big that, that was a lemon, basically. So that's left with the solicitor. On the phone to, to the broker, I said, this is what I've got. This is what it's worth. This is what I can get it for leave it with me so he's off he gives me a call back probably 30 minutes later got the finance unfortunately wow. by this time people had started making calls yeah. right and the property is now 90,000 if I want it so that five, five half, grand half an hour cost you five grand pretty much pretty much <laughs> yeah, yeah pretty much um, but again I still knew it was, a, it was a really good deal but it was one of those ones that you you still have to do due diligence. You have to. You can't... Well, you could just... I could have just gone and put the, the funds down, but it probably wouldn't have been the wisest idea. So did, did all of the due diligence. And what I did is I took it upon myself to find out who the management company were. I called the management company direct, who just also happens to be uh, an investor locally as well. So I went and saw him. I said, look, this is, this is the score. This is the property. What can you tell me about it? Are there any, what's the maintenance? What's the management? What's outstanding? Is there any issues you know about it, et cetera, et cetera. And, and the managing agent said, no, no, there's no issues. This is the story. The guy's moved to Scotland or wherever it was. Um, and he just wants, just wants shot. Just wanted out. Yeah, right? just wanted out. Um, and I was like, brilliant. And I'm thinking, this is all sounding really, really good. So what we actually did with the finance, and this is the clever thing. So. We actually used bridging finance on this property, and what we were able to do when you, when you when you get bridging finance, there's there's different loan to values. Um, let's say we were I was buying this on a buy to let mortgage. You'd put say 25 percent down. Absolutely. The rest of it would be um, uh, funded by the bank. Yeah. With with bridging, you you can get different levels of bridging, but kind of the standard rule of thumb is that you'd get a 75% gross loan 
which would net down to 65% because they take the fees and the interest up front because they roll it up. Yep. So what we... You've still got 35% to fund. Exactly, exactly. So 35% is a a lot of money to find in just a few hours because what you have to do with an auction purchase is if it's post-auction and you want it, it's it's basically the first person to get an agreed amount that comes in and puts the deposit down. Okay. Which is, is, is 10%. Yeah. Okay. And then if you don't complete, you lose that money. Yeah. The other, the other issue is if you don't complete, you can lose your money. And if they then sell it at a lower price than what you've agreed, they can come after you for that as well. I didn't know that yeah. second bit. I yeah. knew the first bit. But That's actually, the, I've the second something. bit's the scary bit. Yeah. I've learned something to that. So if you fail to complete and it goes back in auction and they yeah. sell it at a loss 40 grand. for what you agreed to buy it at. You've got to find 40 grand. They can, they can come mm, after you. Interesting. So, so the really good thing about the, the, the finance on this one was this. So we know that if it's a, a buy-to-let, you're, you're looking at 20, 25%. Yeah. If it's bridging, a standard bridging, you're probably looking at around 35% of actual cash. And, yeah. and that's something to watch out for because people say, oh, you're going to get a 75% gross bridge. So you start going to raise 25% and then when it comes to it, you're 10% short. Caught me out my very first time, Rob. There you go. I've got so that's, that's a real... Uh, real thing to look at is what's the gross bridge what's the net bridge because the net bridge is what you're going to get in your pocket towards that purchase anyway so we digress so so back to this deal so what we did which was really really cool is we bridged against the actual value of the property not the purchase price so when you buy usually you will be funded against the purchase price yep so let me just get my calculator out because, you know, I haven't had my coffee, so my brain isn't fully no, fired up. So let's say 90,000. Was the purchase price. Was the purchase price. And yeah. we were to get 65% of that net, it's yeah. 58,500. Yeah, so you're a bit short. Okay. So we're a bit short. But what we actually managed to do was we actually managed to get just over 65% of the open market value. And if we go back to what I said at the beginning, I knew yeah. all day long that this property was actually worth 120. Right. Right. And what we actually did is we got a gross bridge of 96,000. Well, so let, let me just recap. So if, if one or two uh, friends out there uh, might have just fallen behind us a little bit. So what you managed to do after the auction was agree a 90 grand purchase price. Yep. And you arrange bridging for 96,000, and that's a, a net bridge or that's a, gross a gross bridge? That's a gross bridge. So that includes all the fees and the interest. Yeah. They then take that off. Right. And so I got a net bridge of 81,000. 81, so you had to find nine grand. Which is 10%. Wow. So it's a lot easier to find nine grand in a few hours than it is to find 25, 30, or whatever. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about bridging. Because this is something that I know, maybe because of that first interaction that you had, has featured really prominently in you building your portfolio and you've built up these contacts. And it, 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 you know, I'll be complete honest with you, Rob. Although you know I love you dearly, but you know, it's your take on bridging that I really wanted to get across to our listeners uh, yeah. on the podcast because it's a really powerful strategy, but people are a bit frightened of it. Yeah. So they're frightened that they might get stuck on a bridge, yeah. whatever that means, and uh, it's really, really expensive. Yeah. And uh, there's all sorts of 
uh, murky bits in the corners where you don't know how, you know, you're not dealing with a high street lending entity, so you, you worry that you're swimming with sharks here yeah. and, and stuff like that. So debunk all of that stuff, Rob. Go okay, on. So, so as you said, bridging is so powerful and it's, it's just such a good tool to have. And I think the thing is that a lot of people are scared of it for one, but also a lot of people don't understand it. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. And, and like anything, once you understand it, it becomes so much easier. I mean, I, I basically buy pretty much everything now on a bridge. So once you do it, it just becomes run of the mill. Wow. Um, and it's, it's not scary. It's, it, you can get yourself in trouble if you don't have an exit and you don't know your pathway through the deal. Yeah. But that can happen with anything. Absolutely. You know, with, with any type of finance. So, so bridging is brilliant. And, and we can talk about some of the other deals I've done as well. So the one we're talking about at the moment is what we call an open market value bridging strategy. So you're, you're getting lending against the true market value or the open market value rather than the purchase price. Yeah. Um, and, and like I said, bridging is, is quick. So if, again, if you need to act quickly on an auction purchase, do going down the lines of residential or buy-to-let type mortgage is gonna be a lot slower. Yeah. Bridging can be quick, completed a lot, lot quicker than that. Your rates as well, a lot of people are scared about rates. Yeah, it's supposed to be expensive, right? Yeah, so, so once upon a time, bridging was expensive. And again, it depends on you, the risk to the lender, the deal itself. There's, there's a lot of um, variables but, but and, I'm, and can I ask you, and there's also weird calculations, like you don't get a set interest rate. So there's a, you know, I hear stories that you have to, uh, you're charged on going into the bridge, then there's a monthly rate, which is quite high, and then you'll charge coming out of the bridge again, right, and a, a fee at the end. So a fee at the start, fee at the end, sort of big interest rate in the middle. What What's the real world? Okay, cool. So in turn, let's cover the, the, the bit at the end, let's start at the back. So... The, the exit fees, you, what you're talking about is entry and exit fees. Nowadays, you shouldn't really be paying an exit fee. Interesting. There, there are loads of lenders out there that, that won't be charging you an exit fee. So if you are paying one, you need to maybe look into that and, yeah. and see if you're with the right lender. But, but then again, like I said, because of the variables of the deal, there might be a reason that you're with that lender that charges an exit fee because they, they're the only ones that will fund you, something like that. So again, it's important to have a good broker that is whole of market, can get access to all the, the good niche lenders and can find you the best deal. So that's, that's the exits. You want to be looking for deals that don't charge an exit fee. An entry fee is, is standard. Mm -hmm. um, you, you are going to be looking at paying that. But, but again, those types of fees can come off of the gross loan. Yes, of course. Right? So, so you don't kind of have to find those fees a lot of the time. Right. Um, or just release less money to you. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And then, but, but the thing is, if you've done your calculations right, you'll get released the amount of money you need, or, or you'll have that, um, you'll have raised that cash elsewhere before, before the fact. And you factor it into your offer once you understand how this works. But so many friends out there don't understand how this works. So yeah, that's, exactly. that's why I'm laboring the point. Yeah. And on a monthly basis, what's it? So these podcast episodes, Rob, are supposed to be evergreen because people can listen to it forever, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. But, you know, who wouldn't we, want to listen to your voice? Yeah, well, bless you. Um, <laughs> so we're in April 2019, team, just to nail this down. What sort of rates, monthly rates, okay, should, cool. pe should people be paying? In so again, I know I've, I've said it a couple of times already, but again, it would depend on you, the deal. Um, you know, are you buying in a personal name, buying in a limited company? What kind of um, 
assets have you got in the background? What's the loan to value, etc.? Because although I said 75% gross, 65% net, that's it, that can change. You can go higher. Um, but again, it would depend on, on the deal. Um, so for instance, we'll cover another one in a little while where I got 100% of of the purchase, which is one of the properties you saw oh, today. Oh wow, but yeah, we'll, we got we'll talk to that. that. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so rates in terms of rates nowadays, again, you, you a lot of the time you can be looking sub 1% a month. Yeah, so I'm not really paying above 1% a month on, on anything I can think of right now that I've got going on. So, so if we annualize it, are we talking about around 10% a year? Is that what we're yeah, well, I mean, in terms of you, if you're adding in the entry fees as well yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and other things like that, but the, the really big block that you saw today, the yeah. huge one, yeah. um, the, the triple block, we're paying 0.64% a month on that. Wow. Yeah. 0.64, he yeah. said, folks, out yeah. there. 0.64 a month. And then the second property I showed you, which is the two bed to five bed HMO. Uh, that's I think 0.72% a month or something like that. So um, people listening out there, you have to know this stuff because this is not like bank lending, this is not raising finance as we are taught to do it in the BRR model, right? This is a little bit ninja and you need people who know what they're doing to help and Rob, you're... You're, we're going to talk about that. You're prepared yeah. to help, right, going forward. As it's um, for you. Thank you. <laughs> um, but, you know, you need to know this stuff. This is this might be something in your armory uh, that you are not using. So how cool is that? So tell us about the 100% deal, Rob. Come on. We okay. want to know. Well, we well hold on. Let's get to that. Let's okay, make it right, wait because okay. we're not finished on the first one. Right? Okay, that's cool. Because the first one, so got it at 90. But here, here's the great thing. So because it was valued at 120, they lent against the 120. So a Rick's valuer came in and valued it at the, the market value of 120. Yep. And again, you need to work with the lender. You have to have the right broker and the right lender because the lender was on board with not disclosing the purchase price up front to the valuer they were sending. So the lender didn't disclose the purchase price. Yeah, they but didn't. The, the they didn't knew because the lender knew what so, I was buying. So it for. this is not a high street buy to let. Definitely lender. not. No, this <laughs> is this is how bridging works, right? Yeah. Cool. So the lender saw the deal, saw the potential in the deal, and didn't hide anything from the value. They said, "Right, we want you to go along and value this property," but they just chose not to disclose to him what the purchase price was. Interesting. Because a lot of the time, a valuer will value it. At the purchase price, yeah, because it covers their backside, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Which is fair enough. Yeah. So, but because I had the again, I've talked to you about revaluation packs. I mean, we could go on all day, but uh, valuation packs and comparables and all that sort of stuff got the value I wanted. Okay, um, that uh, enabled me to do the deal. And then what happened was, I got my team in, we ripped everything out, we did a refurb, and I think the refurb because this is a little while ago, this was about. 10 to 12,000 on the refurb. Okay. Right? And it was a, an eight week refurb. And what happened is I then had a valuer come back and I put put the original 120 valuation in my revalue pack with the photos of what it looked like so before. You meet the valuer when he comes back? Every time. Every time. That's Every time. so that that's lesson number out two, three, four, wherever we're up to on this little episode, <laughs> guys. Always meet your, your valuer and prepare a little pack. So you're not you're not teaching him how to do his job, but you are guiding him on what's going on yeah. locally. So there are ways to influence and guide someone that's looking at your revalue pack without being condescending or, or saying, I'm telling you how to do your job. Yeah. Because of the worst thing you can do. Yeah. So, but I wanted to influence, obviously, a higher value. 
So what I did was in the revalue pack, I put the original 120 Rix valuation next to the photos of what it looked like, Yeah. which in essence didn't really leave the valuer anywhere to go but up because they can see, well, a Rix valuer has valued it at 120. When it looked like that. When it looked like that. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to go up. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, so there's all sorts of tricks and tips that you can put in your valuation pack to, to, to really help that. And what happened was eight weeks later, got it revalued at 140. Okay. Okay. Um, only put 10 to 12,000 in on the refurb. And, and then I took a 75% mortgage. So, uh, so now you're coming off the bridge. So now I'm coming a, off the bridge onto a buy to let, but, oh, buy to to let, let mortgage. Buy yeah, to because let this mortgage. was actually a one bed flat. Okay. So, you know, as you can probably tell for who, whoever's listening, we, we're down in the southeast. Um, and on the 140 value, 75% of that is, is 105,000. Yeah. So I bought it for 90. Yeah. With my purchase costs and stamp duty and, and legal fees, etc. About 110 in. Yeah. 105 back out. Yeah. So in other words, I've ended up with a one bedroom flat with 35 grand in equity in it. Yeah. It's paying me a few hundred pounds net cash flow a month. Yeah. And it's only cost me five grand. And that's in the southeast of England. That's in the southeast. Wow. It was very, very close. There are people out there shaking their heads. Well, this can't be done in the south. That's not even money in, money out, but we're going to come to another deal, which is, is money in, money out. In the in the in the same place, so you know that's. But but imagine if someone said to you, "Give me five grand, and I will give you a a flat with thirty five grand in equity, a few hundred pound a month for life quid and, forever." Yeah, yeah and it's yeah, going to yeah, double yeah. every ten years in well, value. Well, it will because it's in the southeast of England. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Wow. So, uh, guys out there in property sourcing profit land, you need this stuff if you're building your own portfolio. You need it in your own portfolio. If you are sourcing and packaging for investors, they need it, right? And you can increase your fees accordingly if you work with somebody like Rob, Rob Holmes, right? Um, so let's, um, can I wind you forward to the, we all want to hear about the no money left in. Right? Yeah, yeah, okay. So that's that's a, a, another one. So there are numerous ones like that, but let's um, let's talk about that one. That one's actually like an unmortgageable property. So that was an unmortgageable property, had to use bridging for it, okay? So I bought this so one. Even though it's unmortgageable, bridging companies will work with it. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So when when a property is unmortgageable, really you have to be using something like a bridging company. Yeah. So you would buy it on a bridge, bring it up to a mortgageable standard, and then then put it onto something like a buy to let or an HMO or, or something like that. So this one, um, it, it same kind of thing as as the previous deal. This time I bought this one at ninety two. And again, it was using other properties I've got in the area as comparables. Um, again, like a sub 1% um, bridge. And this one I brought to a value of 150. Right, so you paid 92, yep. but you thought it was worth 950, uh, 150, forgive me, in what, good lettable condition or its yeah. current condition? No, uh, so it was worth, it was, really not a good flat okay so I, I i i got it slightly below what it was worth it was originally on a over office over 110 okay and i i managed to get it get it right down um but i knew it'd be worth at least 140 based on the other property i'd done right and actually got a, a valuation of 150 on this one so this one wasn't only a money in money out it was one step better than that which is i actually got paid money to buy the property and they say you can't do that anymore 
They say that can be, you know, all that ended badly in 2007, 2008. And this is, this is the great thing, and I always joke about this, is when people say, you've got to go up north, you've got to go up north, you've got to go up north. I say, yeah, please, you go up north. Right. It leaves less competition down here for me, which is brilliant. Yeah, yeah, you don't know what you don't know. So for this one, it was a 92,000 purchase um, and a 150 revaluation, and I actually took... Um, an eighty percent mortgage on this, so I, I got a hundred and twenty thousand back out. I did not put one hundred and twenty thousand in wow. to to buying it, paying for the finance, the legal fees, the stamp duty, and the refurb. So, so I got paid a few thousand pounds to do this deal in my pocket. Yeah. Um, I've got thirty thousand in equity, and I've got you know a few hundred pounds a month forever, and another property that will double every ten odd years or so. Fantastic. Fantastic. I hope you're listening, guys, out there. And this is why I really why I asked Rob to come in and do this episode with me, because this stuff can be done, and it does work in the south of England. And um, in the few minutes I've got left, I, we, we have to say something about that huge thing you took me to this morning. And um, a little bit of background, guys, out there who are listening. Um, I uh, heard Rob speak about this project at Mayfair uh Progressive Property Network meeting, right, uh, where I'm the host, and Rob kindly came along and, and, and gave us a little snapshot of what he does. But the, the the time scale in particular on the one you showed me today, which you're you're in the middle of the refurbishment yeah. on, um, I remember threw me back on my heels a bit, the way the way you got that done. You prepared to share any of that with that? With Is this the, the, the big, yeah. the really big, the triple The really one. big okay, one, cool. when, they, when they came to see you on the train. Do you remember? Yes, I remember. So you want to talk about 100% financing on the next podcast episode, do you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll do another one. Absolutely, we'll do another one. Because that's a really good one as well, how okay. to buy property on bridging with 100% finance, but we'll cover that another time. So, um, yeah, this one. So this one was a, a triple block, uh, all next, next door to each other, uh, and it's uh, mixed commercial and residential. Uh, and we actually, we bought this one for just shy of a million. We bought it for 950,000. Um, and there's a lot of different um, strategies going on, such as refurb, title splits, new leases and shares of freehold, um, et cetera. Yeah, but, I, th I think we ought to explain to the listeners that it's actually three big buildings. It's, yeah, three big buildings. So retail on ground floor. And yeah. A lot of stuff yeah. going on above. Yeah. The back. It took us a while to look around it, didn't it? Yeah, well, it did, yeah. I mean, it actually sort of... The front is the back and the back's the front because you've got entrances at the back. It's a big building, right? Big building on the corner. Yeah. yeah. So so what we actually did here is this was this was another auction property. It was going to go to auction. We, we actually managed to negotiate this. So we closed the deal at 5.25 p.m. the day before the auction. Wow. So just five minutes before the end of, end of play, we, we managed to... And how to did you feel that afternoon? Did you think you were going to make it or do you think... Uh, well, we, were, we were down the pub, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a really nice day like today, actually. It was a really nice sunny day. We were, we were actually... It was me and one other. We were on the phone backwards and forwards with the agent and we were, we were in a pub garden um, having a few, few drinks and, and closing this deal. And it was fantastic because if you can be in a pub garden having a drink with a mate closing a property deal this big it's kind of a, a really fun place to be Absolutely. so so what we did is you have certain auction conditions but we actually negotiated rather than 28 day completion we actually negotiated 10 weeks okay. we said we'll, we'll buy this but we want 10 weeks um and a few other bits and bobs as well but but we managed to complete on that and, and we did that on a bridge as well 
So what we did is this is the deal that we got 0.64% a month on. Um, and also the way, the way it was put together is there was an investor who had found the deal. Um, there was another investor I knew who, who had the money and was looking for deals. And myself and my, my, my business partner, we were able to kind of bring everyone together um, and, and kind of put that deal together, the, the, the deal with the, the, the money. And we were able to carve ourselves a, a piece of that deal for, for doing so. So myself and my business partner, we've got 40% of that deal together. Um, and we haven't put any money into it. No money in it at no, all? No money at all. Well, 40%. I, might, I might have bought a few rounds of coffee. Okay. And that's about it. 40% of this really big lump of property, right? Yeah. Yeah, when yeah. it's finished. Yeah, so when it's finished, um, because we're splitting titles, we have done low-end valuations. This is really important with things like bridging and, and property investment in general, is is look at your your low-end values, your, cover your downside, and also have your optimistic values as well, and, and be clear and sensible with it so you know you're going to fall somewhere in the middle, bar Armageddon happening. Yeah. In which case, everyone's screwed anyway. So, well, right, uh, so, so what we do is we, we've got an end value of, of somewhere between 1.59 and 1.84 of all three blocks combined based on valuers, end product kind of standards, you know, how the valuers feel in that moment, uh, morning when he gets out of bed, people blaming Brexit, all that sort of stuff. So, but we know on our downside, that deal still works. So, we're, 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 we've already got our exit in terms of refinance, um, we've got our exit in terms of tenants, and everyone's going to get paid for quite a while, which is brilliant. Fab. And I walk, I've just walked around there. Um, there are retail, there are individual apartments being built as we speak, as we actually record in this. Um, there's significant uh, HMO, House of yeah, Motor HMO, Promotion. There as well. um, there's all sorts of things going. It's like a village on its own. So it's a big lump of stuff. Again, we're in the south of England, southeast. Yeah. Right? And um, this can be done no money down. So for None me personally, yeah. So None for me personally, no, no money was put in. Right. Um, so it was a no money down deal for me. And also, depending on the revalues, if we get towards our, our mid to higher range values, 1.7, 1.8. Yeah, then then we're looking at potentially it being a, a, a no money left in deal as well. So all of the money comes back out. Interesting. And that's on a deal worth over a million in the Southeast. Okay, so um, you're a 40% partner in this. So someone in the 60% has actually put cash in there. Then. Yes, well, okay. me, me and my business partner. So we've got 40% between okay, us. Okay, yeah. cool. So the no money, if there's money left in, um, obviously we'll fill for your business partners, but it's not your money. No, it's okay. not my money. Cool. But, but the investor who, who's a really good friend of mine now, really, really love his pieces and, and, and we can work really well together. She, she understands that the money left in would be her money yes. if there's money left in. Yes. And understood that going in. Fab. So uh, where are we, Rob? I think we've whetted people's appetite here. Um, I'd, I don't know many people who are working with bridges as, bridges as, first of all, as consistently and secondly, as quite as cleverly as you are managing the money. And it's very unsung and undersold. So. If we've got friends on this podcast episode who have, uh, you know, you've, you've just sort of set off a light bulb, pinged a light bulb in their head, and they want they want help with their stuff yeah. 
you know, they come across projects. Now, I'm hesitating to say this, Rob, because what's going to happen is you might get overwhelmed, yeah. right? Well, I haven't um, even told you everything. That's the thing. Well, it, it, <laughs> we didn't we even... got, let's do another one. Let's do do another... you want to do one more? We do... Go on. Let's okay. do one more. Okay. Let's do, we'll one, do more. one more. But you've got, you're, you're going to give people just to, so that they know... What's possible. What, uh, uh, and a contact for you? Yes, I will, so yeah. So well, let's do that now. So my email is rob, so R-O-B at precisepropertygroup.co.uk. So that's rob at precise is P-R-E-C-I-S-E propertygroup.co.uk That's all one word, precise all property one, Yeah, so rob at precisepropertygroup.co.uk all one word. And what I would say is if you've got a deal um, or you're looking at bridging or you, you need to bridge or, or finance a deal in some way, then send me an email. So when you send me an email, I'll have your email. Just put your name, um, your number and a few lines or paragraphs about the deal and what it is you're kind of looking for. I'll have a look at that and then I'll, I'll help to point you in the right direction. Fab. Okay, we're here for the lo- the biggie. Come on, Rob. So, so the other one we looked round today. Right. So the house to HMO. Yeah. What did you think of that? Well, I thought it was. I th- I thought it was great. So I've done a few HMO conversions for cl- investor clients myself over the years. I, I got exactly what you were doing. It's going to be a five bed all en suite setup. What I loved about it is you've already lined up the house next door, right? You've yeah. in, in advanced <laughs> talks with um, the uh, vendor of the house next door. Didn't know they were a vendor until they met Rob, but they are now <laughs> a vendor and it's all agreed going through. And then there's one about four doors down that you're looking at as yeah. well. So you're, this is very much your uh, gold mine area at yeah. this, at this point. And they're all kind of mirrors of each other. So they're all they going to be yeah. five bed all on yeah. suites. Yeah, they, they've all got that floor plan. Yep. Um, terraced and they're, they're, they're really close to kind of the town centre which is great yeah. so so this one I saw this one and I'll I'll just kind of talk the concept of what was done rather than exactly how it was done because I know we're close to, to running out of time is it was a house I wanted and I didn't have any money because all of my money was tied up in, in other projects so right? many friends would give up at that point Rob. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is the thing is I, I never asked myself can it be done? I always ask myself, how can it be done? How do I do this deal? Right. And then you'll start getting the ideas on how to do it. So, so basically, it was um, a two-bed house with a couple of reception rooms, and I knew I could get five beds all en suite, and I knew it was a deal all day long because property in that street goes for 230 240 as it is, and, and I knew I could pick this up at, at 168 500 which is a huge, huge discount. Why? Well, it was a couple of reasons. One was the state of the house, really poor state at the time I bought it. Got it. And, and two, three sales had fallen through. Interesting. So, you know, for people listening out there who work in the southeast of England, there are many, many towns in the southeast where you can buy uh, Bayham Forkall, Victorian terrace properties, which is kind of what we're talking about here, at 230, 240, 250, you know, under the stamp there. Um, and uh, you know that's what Rob's doing, and he's coming with one at one sixty eight. Wow. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is I didn't have the deposit money or the legal fees or the stamp duty at the time to buy that property. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I knew I wanted it, so what I did is I did what's called a cross security strategy. Oh, it's a cross security bridging strategy. So what I actually did is I got my seventy five percent gross, sixty five percent ish net bridge against the house I was buying. 
And I still needed to find that 30, 35% plus the stamp duty and legals, which I didn't have. So what I did is I found another property and I took a bridge against that one as well. And what it is, is one bridge across two properties, but the second property makes up the missing money you need to buy the first. Okay, I've got to press you a little bit on that finding another property thing, which is what you just said. So was it one of yours? Was it a JV Partners? Was it unencumbered? What, what yeah. was the story? So, so it doesn't have to be unencumbered. Okay, but you, you, that's interesting. You do still have to have enough equity in it. So there's, there are things like second charge bridges and stuff like that. So yeah, so it doesn't have to, but if it is, that's the best. This one was unencumbered and it belonged to a family member. Yeah. So they've taken a risk because their home is, is at risk if I mess it up, which obviously I won't do. No. But what that allowed was that allowed me to buy the blue house on a hundred percent bridging. Yeah. Plus what actually happened is I, I, I got a gross bridge of one nine two yeah. and a net bridge of one seven six. Yeah. So to buy it at one six eight five hundred plus your fees plus all my fees stamp yeah, duty yeah. legal etc was covered. Yeah, yeah. So I ended up getting that deal across the line without having to physically come up with the cash to do so. And then by the time I'd done that, I'd raise the money to to, to do the refurb. Well, I was going to ask you about a refurb because yeah. there's you know hairy ass builders in there bashing <laughs> that building about. Um, so that, you look right at home. You did. Well, I would have yeah, thought you were one of the team, David. Well, I've done it a few times, right? <laughs> um, so um, the refurb costs in total. Are going so to refurb work? costs in total are going to come in at about seventy. And that looks about right to me. Yeah. I recognise those figures, right? Yeah. I think very, for your for what you're doing. Yeah. Back to brick, all that sort yeah. of thing. Um, so you have to raise the seventy somewhere, yeah, and then reval time. So you've got to come off the bridge at some yeah. point and get your try and get some of your refurb money out. Exactly, because obviously in the southeast of England we always have to leave money in. There's no zero, you know, yeah. <laughs> HMO deals out there, or are there, Rob? So there are. So so for instance, again with this deal, I've done my low end value and my high end value. Um, so I know at my low end value, if, if the value is having a bad day or for, for whatever reason it doesn't come in as, as high as I'm hoping to, there'll be about 50,000 left in, but it will, it will net cash flow a month about 1,300. Nice. So it's you know, a really, really, really good, nice. good return. It's about a 30% return. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I've done though is I've got other friends in the town um, and we... I'm all about working with other people because if you've got good relationships, you can help each other. Sure. So I've helped someone that's got an HMO not too far away do a revalue pack. And in return, what she's going to do is when that revalue comes in, she's then going to provide me a copy of that valuation. And if it's nice and high, which I'm hoping it will be, I can put that in my HMO revalue pack and push that bar even higher. And what that will do is if I get close to where I think hers is going to come in, this one could be a money in, money out deal as well. Well, okay, so in helping your friend, in inverted commas, produce their revaluation pack, actually you were doing your revaluation pack, weren't you? you in, a, in a nice way. <laughs> <laughs> in a nice way. And if her value is a nice man or woman uh, and hits the numbers, then you're going to use that on your house, which is very similar but around the corner, Yep. and it will leave a no money left in if I, if I hit the, the, it, the value, but, but regardless, my worst case is 50,000 left in, but anything less than that for me is a bonus. Okay. And if I hit no money, no money left in, it's going to be the most brilliant deal. It's going to cash flow well over. And let's pounds. say it's a dark day and everyone's miserable and upset and you leave 50 grand in, but you're netting 
1300 pound a month which is i'm trying to annualize it in my head uh, what's 1312 so, so. 56 156 156 so Something it's like still that. um what 30 odd percent return on capital yeah. nearly 40 yeah. percent return yeah. on capital employed just in my head yeah right. really it's, it's a good deal so that's the worst the worst thing is you're going to get a thick end of 46 40 uh, percent return on your capital 30 ish percent yeah 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 and on a on a sunny day when everyone's feel happy and smiling no money left in on a, on a sunny day where there's no money left in, I'm in the be south of England, running naked down the street, we're screaming, screaming bugs. <laughs> oh no, it's all over. Rob, Rob, we need to tell the people. Thank you so much. For That's all right. We need to tell the people where you are again. We'll remind them because they might stop driving by now, so they can write your details down. Because everyone, all my friends out there, are going to find deals that they want to do and haven't got the money for. So don't give me your phone number, Rob. I know what's going to happen. Email. Email Rob with your your email, obviously, uh, your phone number, contact details, a little bit about you and a little bit, a few lines about the deal. He'll see if he can help. Um, it's Rob at Precise, Precise Property Group. Precise Property Group. Rob at PrecisePropertyGroup.co.uk.co.uk. People out there in property sourcing land, I hope this has been really helpful. I loved the, I loved this session with Rob. Uh, we're going to get it out hopefully for next week, if not the next, the week after. My wonderful editing team are going to go through it, but I don't think there's a lot to edit, to be honest. It's all sort just, of just, slow. just let it play. Let it play. People can find me on Facebook as well, by the way. Yeah, look out for Rob Holmes. That's H-O-L-M-E-S. Don't forget the L. H-O-L-M-E-S on Facebook. Uh, he's there to help you guys. Uh, make sure... You let him help you. I'm going to see you very soon. Rob, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. We're going to do this again, right? Yes. We are. We're going to do it again. Uh, get yourself out there, property sourcing, profit people, and find all the deals. We are going to sell all of them. I'll see you very soon. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode.